We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the NFC East Feast. And we are here with our final team preview, wrapping up the offseason, talking about the defending NFC East champions, the Super Bowl runner-up, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, John, this is one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, it makes me sick that we have to even talk about them because they're fucking good. Um, the Cowboys are good. It makes me sick to talk about them. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Eagles are a good team, and uh, they definitely get to uh... – oh. I think George is signed on. George, welcome to the NFC East Feast. We are live, sir. And uh, we're pretty much going right into the Philadelphia Eagles team preview. Um, John, let's start off as we always do with the Eagles draft class or uh, the Philadelphia Bulldogs, as many people are calling them. (laughs) Howie Roseman went Georgia heavy for the second straight year. First round pick. Jalen Carter slides to the Eagles. Such a huge pickup for them. Losing Javon Hargrave to the 49ers, they replace that talent immediately in the middle with uh, Carter. Second round, they oh, excuse me, they had another first round pick. They traded back into the first round, number 30 overall, to get Nolan Smith. Defensive end from Georgia, really surprised he was still on the board there. Second round, offensive lineman Tyler Steen, Alabama. Third round, Sidney Brown, safety, Illinois. Fourth round, dip their hands back into um, the, the Georgia pool. Cornerback Keely Ringo. Six-round Tanner McKee, a quarterback, who's actually challenging Mariota um, in the preseason for uh, number two job. Been playing well. Seventh-round Moro Ojima. Uh, Howie Roseman is an absolute stud as a general manager. The trades that he's made, um, the, the draft day steals that he's gotten, he's as good as it gets, and I think he killed it with another draft class. For me, it's at least a B-plus, probably an A. Yeah, absolutely. B plus. Um, I think we all kind of agreed right in that range um, when we did our draft uh, recap. Um, the Eagles, you know, kind of just in that in that luxury boat where they just have such a great roster yes. uh, that, you know, they're drafting for depth at most positions. They're not drafting starters. Now, Nolan Smith maybe got a freaking starter right yeah. there in the second round. Jalen Carter just adds insane depth to an already – deep defensive line um yeah the the eagles definitely did well in the draft the rich get richer i mean they did lose a few pieces in the in the offseason I, I mentioned hargrave um they lost a, uh, a couple decent defensive backs but all in all they maintain uh one of the strongest rosters in the nfc i think um 
the Eagles and the 49ers are, are head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC. I, I would humbly put the Dallas Cowboys third, but a distant third. I would say Eagles Niners are one A, one B. You can juxtapose those however you want. Um, but these are the teams. I think if uh, all injuries aside, if nothing crazy happens, I, I think that my money in Vegas is these two teams to rematch in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I, I think I would definitely agree with that. All right, well, let's dive into that elite roster. Uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks. Uh, last year's, I, I would say, probably biggest surprise of the NFL, Jalen Hurts played MVP caliber caliber football, um, played probably a better better version of the quarterback position than anyone thought he would ever play um, coming out of Oklahoma. Backup quarterback, Marcus Mariota. That's a great backup. They signed him. He started games last year in Atlanta. But as I said, he's being pushed by their draft kicked, uh, excuse me, draft pick, uh, Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee is out of Stanford. We've seen Stanford produce some you know, decent NFL quarterbacks before. Of course, uh, Andrew Luck comes to mind. Now I want to go uh, to the running backs of the Philadelphia Eagles and discuss this with you, John, because there has been a lot of talk this offseason of the running back market, the position um, as a whole, where it's headed with uh, these contracts uh, like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Well, the Eagles lost Miles Sanders to the Carolina Panthers, okay? Big loss, rushed for 1,200 yards last year. He was paid $7 million for this upcoming season to play for Carolina. Well, here's what Howie Roseman, uh, the mad genius, did with that $7 million. These four running backs combined are going to make $7 million this year. DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift they get from the Lions. Rashad Penny, they signed as a free agent from the Seahawks. Kenneth Gainwell, a guy who's been there and looked pretty good for them last year in the postseason. And Boston Scott, a never-proven venture who's gotten big carries for them. Those guys combined make what Miles Sanders makes. John, I think this is this is a scary rushing attack of all these guys stay healthy. It's crazy. I think, and it's crazy to say this, I think, uh, in, in a lot of ways, but I almost think that they upgraded their running game from last yeah, year. At least in name, at least in... Um, you know, kind of hype. Um, I think that DeAndre Swift um, and Rashad Penny even maybe are bigger names at some points in their career than Miles Sanders was. I think Miles Sanders never really kind of proved out the way that the Eagles thought he would. And yeah, yeah, the DeAndre Swift thing just baffled me that he left Detroit the way he did. Um, I I thought they had really high hopes for him, but um, obviously they sold him down the river and I think he's going to fit really well in Philadelphia. Me too. I don't think that, that was that that's such an to, to me. If uh, looking at the Detroit Lions for an office on that, I don't think that's an indictment on DeAndre Swift. I think he still is going to be an above average NFL running back. I think that goes to show they had the name Jameer Gibbs circled on their draft yeah, board for a long exactly. time, and and they thought this kid is a better version of what we need than DeAndre Swift. So like he became expendable. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But again, I mean, it's crazy to say, but between the four running backs that you named and then obviously their running back at quarterback, yes, there's a very good chance that that Eagles rushing attack is even better than it was last year. Right, and we all know you can't stop the Eagles on third and one or fourth and one. That quarterback push play is, is unstoppable, unfortunately, um, with Jason Kelsey running it. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, the wide receivers of, Phil- of the Philadelphia Eagles. Another extremely strong group. You could argue AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are the are the best one two punch in the league. They both set team records last year. AJ Brown set the Philadelphia Eagles team record for most receiving yards. Devontae Smith set the all time record for most receptions in a season. Um, I think they combined for almost twenty touchdowns. 
third receiver, you're going to get Quez Watkins, a speedster. It doesn't, uh, doesn't really excite me too much, but <clears throat> for a third, for a wide receiver three, he's not bad. Yeah, he's had some plays. Sure, and they brought over Alameda Zacchaeus from the Atlanta Falcons. He'll mostly could be your fourth receiver, with Greg Ward getting some getting some work in there too. But a, a strong receiver group. You add Dallas Goddard as a tight end. I think this these weapons are elite for Jalen Hurts. It's crazy, man. It's like crazy just to continue to just list star after star after star, just or at least solid player after solid player with them. Yeah. You know? that's what I said in the beginning. It just makes me sick. <laughs> All right, let's continue your queasiness, and we're going to talk about their offensive line, which is also probably the best in the NFL. Left tackle, Jordan Mailata. Left guard, Landon Dickerson. Center, Jason Kelsey, possibly the greatest of all time at his position. Right guard, Cam Jurgens. He's going to replace Isaac Sayamalhu. They lost in free agency. And right tackle, probably the best right tackle in the league, uh, Lane Johnson. The, the, there's, a, there's a reason Jalen Hurts was so successful last year running and passing. It's because he had he had – the best offensive line in football blocking for him. Yeah, I, I know it was all of our hopes and dreams that some of those guys would retire uh, at the end of last year. But I think that for for Kelsey uh, and definitely at least for Lane Johnson, I think that they wanted to make one more push. Yes, they've got the roster. They've got the, this is the window, right? They got the quarterback. They got the roster. They got the coaches. It feels like so. Uh, this could be, you know, maybe the last year for this group to stay together as far as the yeah. offensive line. Um, but yeah, they're obviously a huge part of what Philadelphia does. Yeah. They have what they call the core four. Those two guys on the O line, yeah. Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Let's talk about the other two guys who are on the defensive line who are around when the Eagles won a Super Bowl, And that's Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, two more guys who are back on, on I, I believe one year deals. So they're, they're, you know, the band's back together for, for one more run, see if they can get back what they lost in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Uh, joining those two veterans on the defensive line, you've got, we talked about Jalen Carter, one of the better players coming out of this draft. You also got Josh Sweat. He's a pretty good pass rusher. Um, they're going to rotate in a lot of other guys on that defensive line, including Derek Barnett, quality pass rusher, and Jordan Davis, the high draft pick um, last year, um, also out of Georgia. That guy's a monster to pair with Jalen Carter in the future. And you could argue that Hassan Reddick is kind of a defensive lineman because, like Micah Parsons, yeah. he's he's rushing the quarterback. So, so yeah. that's that's a that's a relentless pass rushing group. I don't know. Let's. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. We've talked about this before. The Eagles, we've talked about all their talent. The Cowboys with Micah Parsons and company. The Giants got Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, Leonard Williams. Uh, they've got a bunch of bodies to throw at you. And of course, the Washington football team. You guys have um, four Pro Bowl quality defensive lines. R- rank rank the defensive lines in the division for me. Oh, um, I think honestly, in terms of production, right? Not in terms of like what you want them to be or what you sure. like, name name value. It's got to be the Eagles number one. Probably got to be the Eagles number one. Um, I think after that, I think I. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to give the Cowboys the number two spot. Okay. And and then I, I'm going to put Washington third only because, you know, we need to see it out of Chase Young. We need to see yes. it come completely together for Montez Sweat. I think Montez Sweat's had some really great years. But I think you just – you got to see it all happen, right? Like there's a lot yes. of hype around it. But Eagles, Cowboys, they've put it on paper. They've put it on stats, right? Um, and then I, I think I would put the Giants fourth because I do like Sexy Dexy, but they're not as complete of a D-line as these other groups. I agree. The Giants defensive line is probably the, the worst of the group, although they're still, I'd say, top 10 in the still NFL. Great. Yeah. 
Um, I think the only reason you put Dallas two over Washington three is because of just Micah Parsons as an individual. Uh, an overall talent that the Washington has those other three first round picks, other than Chase Young, that I think probably stack up better than Dallas with with uh, you got, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and you're going to rotate in guys. Um, like, uh, excuse me, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, who just got arrested. Um, but, you know, they, they got some guys. But, but yeah, Washington and Dallas, I think you could flip a coin for. But regardless, the Eagles are, are, are the best defensive line. Uh, let's go to their linebackers now. Probably the weakness of their defense, but but still, still I think, average at best. Yeah. You've got um, N'Kobe Dean, a guy who got another kid from Georgia. The Georgia Bulldog picks continue. He was a second-round pick last year. You've also got um, – we talked about Nolan Smith, um, the draft pick from Georgia. You've got Zach Cunningham. They signed him this preseason. He's had uh, he, he's had some uh, decent years in Houston. Nicholas Morrow, a name I'm not as familiar as, but they listed him here as a starter. And of course, we talked about Hassan Reddick. Kind of, you know, he's going to be a hybrid linebacker slash defensive end. So, for me, John, the linebackers are good, not great. But if that's the weakness of your defense, that's why that's why they're really good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I completely agree with that. Um, there's definitely some a lot of talent um, from those two Georgia guys. Uh, surprisingly, looking at the depth chart here, though, they've got Nolan Smith um, at Sam behind Hassan Reddick. So interesting. He may get, he may get some sort of you know uh, tag team work there. Yeah. Hassan Reddick's obviously the starter there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if that's the weakness of your defense, then I think you're doing all right. Yes, I would. I would say their secondary is better than their linebacking core. Um, they have an elite pair of corners. I'd say a top five cornerback duo in the NFL. They, they would rank right up there with the Dolphins and the Cowboys and the Jets. You've got James Bradbury um, as your cornerback two, and Darius Slay as, as your number one corner, one of the best in the league. They'll rotate in um, Avante Maddox and the rookie Keely Ringo um, at, at nickelback. They also got Josh Job, who's been making plays this preseason, and they got. Eli Ricks is an undrafted free agent. I don't know if he's going to make the team, but he was a standout at both LSU and Alabama before he transferred. Hmm. Um, Terrell Edmonds, a safety they signed um, to come over. He's made big plays in this league. He has a brother who play um, who used to play in Buffalo, who I believe is now on the Bears. But both, both of the Edmonds brothers, uh, they come to play. And Reed Blankenship, I always love a white safety. So it's nice to see Reed Blankenship holding down the free safety spot there for the Eagles. <laughs> you got to be careful with the white safeties. My brother hates the ones. <laughs> yeah. Max, he's been, a guest, he's been a guest on the show before, but he hates the ones yes. with the Italian, the Italian last names. Love it's always, it. they're, they're always burnt toast. Um, no, I mean, the, the the cornerback's obviously great. I don't know any of those safeties other than Terrell Edmonds um, yeah. by name. Um, but the Philadelphia defense has been, you know, notably stout over the last couple of years. And I think we've talked about it a lot. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with what we thought was scheme. Um, you know, just putting your players in the right positions and the Philadelphia Eagles have been coached very well over the last couple of years. So I don't see any reason why it won't be the same thing moving forward. It could be a different, uh, reason moving forward, John, a great segue. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. They returned Nick Sirianni for a third year, obviously, because the first two years he made the first year, he made the playoffs. So nobody thought they were going to be anything. The second year, he takes them all the way to the Super Bowl. I know my Eagles fans out there are going to say that they were a bad call away from winning the Super Bowl. You know, they were Jalen Hurts led a game winning drive in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. Like they are they are not far away from being Super Bowl champs. Nick Sirianni's back, but he loses both coordinators. Uh offensive coordinator Shane Steichen goes over to the Colts. We'll see if his offensive genius can um 
use Anthony Richardson, the first round pick out of Florida, and see uh, if he can use that raw talent. That seems, like, that seems like a great match. Yes, absolutely. No, that that's that's something fun to watch for my fantasy guys. Anthony Richardson probably goes undrafted, but don't be surprised if week one he has like a Cam Newton type of debut in the NFL, and like people are scurrying the waiver wire thinking this is the next guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> Uh, defensive coordinator Gannon. Is it John, Josh? Yeah. I forget his last Jonathan. name. Yep. John, Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon. Gannon. There's a great <laughs> clip going uh, going around the NFL uh, this offseason. He meets Rondale Moore. John, you've probably seen this. And yeah. Rondale Moore is a speedy wide receiver. And like they, 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 I saw a comment that referred to it like a scene from The Office. Like he looks <laughs> at him and he goes, Ex- explosives, <laughs> fast, you can run. Like just like. Real awkward, like and Rondell Moore, like daps him up, but it it it, it was kind of cringe. He's very Michael Scott, and if I had to guess, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the worst team in football. <laughs> yeah, I I would probably agree with that statement. <laughs> but regardless, the guy I don't know how he does as a head coach. Look at um Nathaniel Hackett, who was a great offensive coordinator. He went over to Denver, totally crashed. Um, so this this could be the next version of him. But yeah. he, uh, Hackett's a great OC, but he'll be with Aaron Rodgers in New York this year. And Gannon was a great DC for the Eagles. So so two big losses. We'll see um, if Nick Sirianni is, is uh, if, if he's as good of a head coach as advertised. I think he'll write the ship. He'll get these first year coordinators to get the Eagles on the same level that they were last year. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I definitely put my foot in my mouth there because pre-pod, we literally just talked about how they how they uh, they lost both their coordinators, and I said I don't see how anything's going to change. I definitely right. think things could change. I think that that's probably one of the biggest question marks going into the season because if you go back to Jalen Hurts' first season, Nick Sirianni was calling plays, I believe, for the offense, You're and they right. didn't and they didn't have the same level of production that they had no. uh, under Steichen. So that's very true. We'll see offensively if they can get the same uh, out of Brian Johnson. Um, we'll see if he follows a similar game plan or, if, you know, he tries to put his own style of coaching or play calling on that um, and, and see how that benefits the Eagles. Um, I don't know about you, but I really wouldn't mind if it hurt him a little bit. Absolutely. It's a, a lot a lot of interesting um, things to look at in the NFC East as far as coaching. Of course, the Eagles lose both their coordinators. The Cowboys fire Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy's calling plays for his first time since Green Bay. Situation. Yeah. Very Yeah, keep an eye on that. In Washington, of course, you have the hire of Eric Bieniemy, um, long to be the best offensive coordinator in football with the Kansas City Chiefs, but many people criticize him, saying he was a product of Andy Reid. So we'll see what, what Coach Bieniemy's made out of. He's already it's made some headlines. Interesting, interesting conversation. <laughs> Yeah, about all of the coaching uh, throughout the East. And you could argue that the most, the best situation I think in the NFC East to be coaching, I want Brian Dable as my head coach and Wink Martindale running that defense. I think they're probably the most stable as far as like a front office, uh, I would say, for, for the Giants. It definitely feels like it. I mean, especially after the production that they had last year after we doubted them week after week after week and they just kept proving most people wrong. Absolutely. All right, John, let's go to my favorite part of our team previews. Um, we're going to go through their 18-week schedule, and we're going to pick our wins and losses. And I think afterwards we can review like what we compared them to com- to what we compared the rest of the division and kind of figure out you know, like who we think in this division is, is going to win it and then get a wild card to sneak into the playoffs. Week 1, Sunday, September 10th, they travel to New England. Um, the Patriots, I think this year, are going to underwhelm. Uh, I think they're an average team at best. The Eagles are better in every aspect of the game. I expect a a 10 to 14 point win for the Eagles to open up the regular season. 
Yeah, I, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, unfortunately for the Patriots, man, it's just, it is, it is far removed from years of old with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And yes, yeah, the Eagles win that one handedly. All right, and they have a quick turnaround. Four days later, the Eagles will open up the Thursday night um, football on Amazon Prime schedule to play the Minnesota Vikings at home. This is a good. This is a good matchup. They played early um, in the season last year. Um, Kirk Cousins totally imploded on Monday Night Football as he often does. I think in prime time, the lights are too bright again. I don't know what's wrong with Kirk Cousins, but I know Jalen Hurts rises to the occasion. I got the Eagles two and zero. Damn. Definitely 2-0 and there. Um, I think on a four-day turnaround like that, I think that the biggest thing is that the hometown team is going to benefit, right? Because um, they're going to get the opportunity to be at home, get the most uh, kind of consistency in uh, preparation, and then they're going to have their home field advantage. So, I mean, these two teams are both very good. I think the Eagles, you got to give a slight edge to the Eagles. Absolutely. Week three, they get a mini bye week um, after that After that quick four, two, uh, two games in, in four days. They'll travel on Monday, September 25th to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws a couple picks the first game. Kyle Trask is in a quarterback here by uh, week three. Re- regardless, I think if I'm a Bucks fan, I want them to. you, Luds. Luds, we love you. But if I'm you, I want them to lose the Bucks to lose 13 games and draft Caleb Williams number oh, yeah. one uh, next year. I would, I would think so, too. So, yeah, an easy 3-0 and for the Eagles. Uh, John, I'm sure you would agree. Agreed. Okay. Uh, week four, a game I'm sure um, has caught your eye. They are hosting the Washington Commanders. Commanders ended the Eagles' undefeated season last year. So I think th- having this game in Philadelphia, I think they got some revenge coming at you guys. I got the Eagles starting off 4-0. and Yeah, I do too, man. There was just too many weird things that happened in that Commanders-Eagles game that yes. kind of – tipped it into our favor at the end of the year there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give the edge to the Eagles here at home. You know, I mean, it's the division's tough. So, <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go to week five against the Los Angeles Rams. They're traveling to Los Angeles. Uh, John, I think the Rams, I've said it before, the, they sold their soul for that Super Bowl. They have, they have no draft picks to replenish their team. Uh, Matthew Stafford, we'll see how him and Cooper Cup look coming off an injury. I just think the Rams, at best now, are a wild card team, a fringe playoff team. I think the Eagles are just just a better roster, and uh, I got them going five and zero. Gosh, this is a tough one for me because I feel like this is one that the Eagles could sleep on. And you sure. got tra- you got to travel west. It's kind of a pain. I think the Rams squeak one out here. I think I like the Rams it. really do. Yeah, I think that they still defensively can hold up um, against a decent team in the NFL. And you know, we've seen this Eagles team slide a little bit in games. They end up winning them most of the time, but they've had some battles last year against Jacksonville. That was a weird battle for yes, what seemed to be no reason. So I'm going to take the Rams here. Okay, Week Six, traveling to New York to face Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. This is interesting. I, I really think that by week six now, Aaron Rodgers has had some time with the Jets, starting to to get used to uh, playing in New York. I think the Jets hand the Eagles their first loss. I think Rodgers um, steps up for it to you know face his old NFC rival, and the Jets come away with a victory. Mm, this is going to be another good game, man. There's going to be you know when you're a good team like the Eagles, you're going to have a lot of good games, right? Especially yes. when you're playing other good teams. Um, 
Man, I've been high on the Jets, but it's just something here tells me the Eagles don't have a problem here. I think that they right. beat the Jets, yeah, on the road. I think they beat the Jets. All right. The following week, October 22nd, Sunday night football, they will be hosting the Miami Dolphins. This could be an interesting game right here. I think the Dolphins are the team to look out for in the Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes. Obviously, by by week um, eight, by late of October, we're going to know where Jonathan yeah. Taylor's playing. But if they got him, look out. But even without him, I'm saying Tua Tagovailoa is going to be upright in the starting quarterback right now. They're going to give the Eagles a hell of a game. But I will give the edge to Jalen Hurts over Tua. Guys, remember the national championship game when Alabama came back and beat Georgia? Jalen Hurts started the game, oh got benched. Gosh. Tua, Tua comes in in relief of Jalen Hurts and leaves the Crimson Tide back to the national championship. You look at all the Alabama ties. Tua has Jalen uh, Jalen Waddle, an Alabama receiver. Uh, Jalen Hurts has Devontae Smith, an Alabama wide receiver. So, so many roots um, in this game. It, sh- it should so be. So many people uh, invested in this game. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. But but uh, I'll stop talking. The Eagles do get the win. <laughs> Six yeah, I think. I think the Eagles get the win here too. I honestly, at this point, we've talked about it a couple of different times because we played this division in the in the uh, in our division this year. Uh, I, I'm really worried about Tua, man. I, I just hear more and more people talking about it. So many people are concerned. Somebody I heard the other day said he was taking jujitsu in the off season oh boy. to learn how to fall without having his head hit the ground. If you're taking steps like that, you're concerned. About, yes. you know, so I don't know. I'm kind of worried about the Tua situation. Who knows if we even get that beautiful matchup that you just described with Alabama versus Alabama. Right. Jalen Hurts trying to get his little comeback. But again, I'll, yeah, I'll stop talking, but Eagles win. Yeah, I don't. Did you see the back and forth with Ryan Clark and Tua where um, Ryan Clark said that he was thick and that he looked like he uh, had the body of uh, a stripper at Onyx? Uh, a strip club in Vegas, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, Tua, Tua, Tua didn't like it. Um, and they went back and forth, had it traded a few barbs in the media. Anyways, oh uh, so, Sunday, October 29th, they travel to Washington to face the commanders. Last year, the commanders upset the Eagles. I say they do it two years in a row. I think the Eagles get sniped here, get upset in Washington, the nation's capital. I got the commanders to get the win. Well, I want to believe the hype, man. And I don't remember what I picked for this game when we did the Commander's Pod. But I've been drinking the Kool-Aid all offseason, baby. Let's go. The Eric the Enemy Kool-Aid, you know. And and I'm really pumped for this year. And I really think that by this time in the year, hopefully Washington has gotten in stride. And Sam Howell has gotten some of those mistakes out of the way. I just think... I think we do match up well with the Eagles. I really think we do. And I think that we squeeze a win here. Maybe even if like a last minute field goal type of win, but we're at home. I think that FedEx is going to be bumping this year because people are so yes. excited about the Dan Snyder freaking uh, departure. Let's go commanders. Okay. So we're both at six and two right now, correct? Yeah. We just have different losses. Yeah. All right, John. Right now, so let's say the Eagles are 6-2. and two. I think that's pretty reasonable. Starting on Sunday, November 5th, going all the way to Christmas Day, December 25th, the Philadelphia Eagles will now play seven playoff teams in a row. We'll, we'll break them down one by one, but I just want to go through this murderous row. They play Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys again, Seahawks, Giants, all in a row. That is brutal. That is brutal. 
that's a really tough part of the schedule. I don't think there's any way you don't come out of that schedule with at least two losses. Let's talk about it. It'll start off Sunday, November 5th, 425 on Fox to face our arch rival Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia. I think these teams are going to split, so obviously I buried my lead on the game we'll talk about in a couple weeks, but I think the Eagles get the job done in Philly. Yeah, again, I mean, it, it's just it's such a weak position to take, I feel like, but it our division really is so good that it's so yeah. hard to not just split the division every year because anything could happen. Um, and, and I do think that you guys are going to trade blows and uh, Eagles home field advantage. They're going to win that one. All right. Week 10, the Eagles will have a bye week much needed after they you know they're getting ready for these six straight playoff teams. It'll start off on Monday night football at Kansas City, a Super Bowl rematch. Might be one of the best games of the year. I definitely have this circled on my calendar. These teams are as equal as they come. They showed that last February in the Super Bowl. Kansas City was just a little bit better, and I think that was because of Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. I think he shows that again. I think if it was in Philadelphia, I'd be more torn, but because it's at Arrowhead, I got the Chiefs to beat the Eagles again on Monday night. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, dude, I feel like we're just on the exact same page. And, and <laughs> for entertainment purposes, I wish I could pick differently, um, but I agree with you. And I think by this time in the year, we're really going to know if the Eagles coaching situation has had an effect. Um, yes. If they're still, if they're, if they're not jiving the way um, that, you know, they, they should, or that they did last year with these new coaches and new play callers. I think by now, once you, like you said, when you get into this murderer's row, there could be some contention um, with all the talent and all the expectations that the Eagles have. So, but I do think this is a loss uh, with the chiefs. All right, we're, we're, we're sticking at the same record right now, and I'm going to say the Eagles go on a losing streak because the next week they play the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills catch the Eagles while they're wounded. Um, I got, a, obviously, a tight game. This could be a Super Bowl preview, but I got Buffalo over the uh, the uh, Eagles. Excuse me. Man, I think this would be a really fun Super Bowl. That's, that's a, That would be a fun Super Bowl uh, pick. Yes. Um, but, no, I think – I. Something in here, me, in me tells me the Eagles take this. I don't know if it has to do with the Stephon Diggs drama. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm getting kind of nervous for the Bills this year. I think that they were in their window, and now I don't know. Um, but I think the Eagles win this one. There's some question marks with the Bills. There's also some question marks, I think, with the team they're going to face next, which will be a rematch of the NFC Championship. That's the San Francisco 49ers. And there's no question marks on San Fran other than the quarterback position. Not only do I want to see if Brock Purdy can bounce back from the elbow injury, I want to see if he can replicate the success of last year. Because I know teams in the offseason, especially Philadelphia, who considers you know San Francisco their biggest obstacle to get back to the Super Bowl, has really been studying him because last year they, they injured him. I think they're going to be ready for Brock Purdy. Maybe it's Sam Darnold who's had a nice camp. Yeah. Trey Lance has proven to be a bust. Unfortunately, I hope he gets a chance, if not San Francisco, somewhere else so we can see what he is. Regardless, I can't see the Eagles losing three games in a row. I think they get another win, as they did in the NFC Championship uh, against the 49ers. Yeah, this is a tough one just because, like like you just said, like their quarterback situation in San Francisco is so – up in the air, it's so weird, it's so fluid, uh, especially with injuries and with Trey Lance not panning out. But um, 
Kyle Shanahan has just proven again and again that he can do it with any quarterback, man. And if CMC is healthy, if the if the run game and the defense and the you know the offensive line look good, the 49ers are just hard to beat, man. And and I think that if they would have had the the full health of their offense and their quarterback position, they would have won that game last year. So yeah, I'm taking the 49ers on the road to win. All right. The following week, the schedule does not lighten up. Sunday night football, prime time. They are in Dallas to play the Cowboys. I already told you these teams were going to split. If the Eagles beat them in Philly, I got the Cowboys to get revenge on Sunday night. Eagles take the loss. Yeah. Hmm. Dallas has to win this game, I feel like. Yeah. Dallas has Dallas has to prove not just to the Eagles, but like that's that's a division prover right there, showing that they're because I think we talked about it in the Cowboys pod. Like this is y'all's year to kind of have to show the Eagles that you could be number one in the division, right? That you're not going to take second fiddle. So I'm going to say the Cowboys win too. That's going to be about a them Cowboys. That's going to be a battle, dude. The following Sunday, they travel to Seattle, one of the hardest places to play, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. A team that made the playoffs last year and, oh, by the way, added Jackson Smith and Jigba, a terrific receiver to pair with Tyler Lockett and um, DK Metcalf. They get Jamal Adams back from injury. They didn't have him last year. Like, if Geno Smith is anything like he was last year, the Seahawks, they might they might compete with San Francisco for that division title. Uh, but I just think that I'm going to take Jalen Hurts over Geno Smith. I got the Eagles to get a tough road win. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about a tough road win, right? Like Seattle, known as one of the loudest stadiums in the country. Um, but you know what? Seattle fans, they don't throw batteries and snowballs at Santa Claus. Okay, <laughs> so Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles players will be just fine, I think, yes. uh, up in Seattle. And, and I agree. I think that they take the W. All right. And on Christmas Day, Monday, December 25th, they will go – back to Philadelphia to host the New York Giants. They play the Giants two times in three weeks. You haven't heard the Giants so far. We're already um, in, in Christmas, and they first time playing the Giants. I think they play the role of the Grinch to the New York Giants. I think they beat the Giants three times last year. That's really hard to do, beat them, swept them in the regular season, and beat their ass in the playoffs. I I think the domination continues. I got the, I got the Eagles here. Yeah. yeah, I'm taking the Eagles here too. Eagles at home. They're better. They're a better roster. It's just as much as we've liked the Giants' growth over the last, you know, year, year and a half. Yeah, Eagles are just a better team. They got the better quarterback. I think that's as simple as it gets. And they will also be the much better team on Christmas Eve, Sunday, December thirty first, when they play the Arizona Cardinals. I already told you guys about the dumpster fire. I think that Coach Gannon is going to bring to Arizona. Kyler Murray might be back for this game. It doesn't matter. The Eagles roll the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And the final game in two thousand twenty four, Sunday, January seventh, two thousand twenty four, they play the Giants. As I said, for the second time in three weeks. This time in New York. I feel like right now I've got the Eagles at 11 and 5. Though, but I think the Cowboys are also going to be a 10 or 11 win. So I think they need to win this game. And once again, they continue to dominate the Giants. I'm going to say they go 5 and 0 against the Giants in two years. I think the Eagles beat the Giants and to allude to what we'll talk about after I get your prediction, John. I think the Giants lose this game, therefore they lose their playoff spot. 
And that's why I think the Washington Commanders are going to be playing their asses off against the Dallas Cowboys in Week 18 because that may uh, elevate right. them to the playoffs. So yeah. I got the I got the Eagles to sweep them. Well, I mean, listen, there's been like four over over the span of four months that we've done all of these pods. So I could juggling so many balls, I can't remember where all of my picks were. But I I don't I think I had your Cowboys one less win than you did. I think you may have had them eleven wins, Eagles at twelve, something yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think I had you guys at one or two less wins. So I in my head, as soon as I saw that they played the Giants um last game of the season and at the Giants, it made me think Eagles especially so I've got them same record as you, eleven and five at this point. And I yeah. think that um I think that they're not playing for anything other than uh you know, clout at that point to, sure. to go five and zero against the Giants. I think the Eagles probably are ending up resting their starters at the end of the year against the Giants, and I'm going to take the Giants to win. Okay. Um, which hopefully causes, like you said, a little bit more drama, a little bit more fun. But I think at that point the Eagles have already claimed the number one spot in the division, and uh, hopefully for Washington, uh, we are still battling it out against you guys at the last game of the season. I really do see the NFC wild card. I think the Cowboys definitely get get one. I think the Eagles will probably win the division. The Cowboys are, get one, and I think there's going to be two teams in the NFC North: the um, the Lions and maybe the Packers if Jordan Love can can play decent football. And yeah. two things in two teams in the NFC East: the Giants and the Commanders battling it out for that final wild card position. So it should be fun. Yeah, man. So. Uh, as I mentioned before on the pod, I listened to uh, the J.P. Finley and B. Mitch show. Sure. And uh, a couple of days ago, they were talking about divisional rankings. So which divisions in the NFL are best? Yeah. They've got the NFC, NFC East. Uh, I can't remember who um, whose article or whose rankings that they were going off of. Um, but they had them at the fourth best division in football. I mean, we're a really? tough division. Yeah. Really? Fourth best. And, and I don't know that it's because each team is phenomenal, but I think yeah. the floor for each team is yeah. what is what sets that, right? We don't have one or two teams that are absolute hands down going to win the division. We've sure. got two teams probably going to win the division and two teams probably pushing for playoff spots. Right. So I think the floor is so high for each of these teams that – it's going to continue to be a battle all year long. And that's what you like, like you were saying, I mean, who knows what it's going to look like at the end of the season, but those last couple of games are always so much fun in the NFC East because we're all typically kind of battling for a playoff spot or, or, or we're ready to battle uh, to, to ruin someone's playoff chances. Exactly. I think regardless, Last year, this division got three teams in the playoffs. Of course, the Eagles representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. The Cowboys won a playoff game before losing to the 49ers. And, of course, the Giants also won a playoff game. Um, and then they lost to the Eagles. So I think this team gets three teams in the playoffs again. I think that it's easy to be like, oh, Eagles, Cowboys for sure, probably Giants three. You never know. There could be an injury to, to Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott or oh, Daniel Jones. Right, hopefully not. not. Um, but if anything happens, I would, I would honestly think if uh, if a starting quarterback goes down, the commanders might be in the best position with Jacoby Brissett, a proven backup. Yeah, I don't mind Jacoby Brissett as a backup at all. He hasn't had the best preseason from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but 
He's shown what he can do time and time again. He's been with a couple of different teams, and he's played very well. Um, you mentioned uh, the kid backing up Jalen Hurts technically as the second. Tanner, I thought, Tanner McGee. I thought Mariota was a really good fit for that system, so I was kind of surprised when you told me that that he's kind of getting the nod over Mariota. We'll see how that kind of plays out. But I, th- I think I mean, that don't is only guy, Cooper Rush. You got you got the freaking. He's been he's been a stud for you guys. Undefeated, undefeated last year when Dak Prescott was out. Um, actually, no, I apologize. He won. He went four in a row. Then yeah. he lost to the Eagles. He lost to Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Excuse me. Um, but still, that's not a the Giants backup quarterback. You actually, John, they have a decent one. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, okay. Come, like is he so, I, a punctured I'll, lung, or is he good now? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just keep the San Diego needles away from things? his chest. Um, but, How long do those things take to heal? I think all four teams have a capable backup. We'll see. Regardless, I think uh, if George was here, unfortunately, uh, his audio cut out at the beginning of the podcast, guys. We'll have George back, hopefully, for the, the season premiere here in a couple weeks, and we'll have uh, Jay Ludge back for uh, for his picks, too. I can't wait. But to, to, re- to put a bow on the offseason, we feel all four of these teams are – are pretty good. I think one of them has a chance to be very special in the Eagles. The Cowboys have, have at least a chance to make their first NFC championship in 30 years. And the giants and the commanders have a chance to make the playoffs. And that's all, that's, that's all you got to do in this league is make the tournament. So John, in conclusion for me, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to see you next week and, and, and draft some fantasy teams. And I, and I cannot wait for the NFL kickoff on September 7th. Heck yeah, man. I cannot wait to see you see the family, see the, uh, the anti-daxers, you know, we're gonna, <laughs> we got a good, we got a good crowd this year, so I'm really excited. Yes, um, I think in conclusion for me, I was just gonna say, um, divisionally, I think one of the most interesting things that's gonna play out this year is our division is always tough, but we play a pretty stout schedule outside the division this year. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see how the different teams match up against uh these divisional uh these outside divisional opponents yes. and see who can get the wins against who to kind of leverage yourself if you know if everything were to just kind of be mediocre and everybody split all their games right like that never happens but yeah. hypothetically everyone splits the division where who where and who's going to get the wins uh against some of these difficult matchups outside the division Right. Like I know for a fact, we play everyone in the, we, the NFC East plays the AFC East. So the commanders, the giants, the yeah. Cowboys and the Eagles, they all got to play Buffalo, which is a good team. Miami, which is a great team. The jets with Aaron Rodgers are a question mark. So there's going to be a lot of competition coming to our doorstep. We'll see, you know, like uh, the, the, the cream of the crop will rise to the occasion. Um, and that's pretty much it guys. We appreciate you listening. We hope to have the whole crew back here on September 7th, and uh, we'll run the Season 4 premiere of the NFC East. Good shit.